Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly Podcast. I am your host, Chris, as I usually am, and I've got Phil and Jess, who are also usually accompanied by. Good evening to you both. Good evening. Hi. We've, uh, we've got quite a lot to get through. As mentioned uh, on last week's show, we did say we'll cover the, the back catalogue, if you will, of European action, as well as our regular look at the weekend in France. So it's in Europe that we will start. Jez, PSG, I guess we'll start with in terms of the positives from last week in Europe. They got a 1-0 win over RB Leipzig. I think if I was to say to you it was far from convincing, you probably agree, would you not? A 1-0 win that involved quite a lot of kicking Leipzig up in the air when they realised that they were hanging on with 10 minutes to go? Yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on it last week, but the most important thing was to get the win. They've got that, which means that things are still in their hands, although obviously they got a tricky tie this week. But, um, I mean, that pretty much really is the only positive. It was, I think it was the most negative I've ever seen PSG fans on my timeline after the match on Twitter. And that sort of including defeats. Um, I think that by all accounts, they, they saw it as a pretty shameful performance. And, you, know, you can sort of point to the mitigating circumstances of all the injuries or whatever, but that's pretty much afflicting a lot of teams, especially the ones that are in the final eight. Obviously, no one has anything as bad as Liverpool, but that's a separate debate. Um, I mean, Bayern Munich, I think, already had more injuries on their squad than PSG and had four more yesterday uh, or this weekend. You don't hear them complaining as much as, as PSG do. And I just, yeah, it's just, you know, yes, Leipzig are a good team. Of course they are. But this is, you know, the team, a weaker team than the one they beat. Well, no, because Werner had already gone. But, you know, pretty much the same team that they comfortably beat in the Champions League semi-final last year. And to sort of, although the result was the imperative, to kind of go out there and literally hang on, cling on for dear life and just rely on poor finishing from Leipzig, to, to be fair. Um, is is not really good enough, and um, you know, take that in the con- with in the context of PSG's recent league form as well. It's it's not good. It's not good at all. And and although obviously in you know 2019 PSG won at United, and United won at PSG. So carrying on that form, they should be more confident going into this week's match. It's you know with the United. We'll touch on Marseille later. I mean, United seem to be getting good results without ever playing well. And if they carry on doing that, and with Cavani, of all people, in, in good form, then, yeah, I worry for PSG. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It reminded me a bit of a sort of a lower league team going away in a cup game and clinging on at the end, which is really probably not the way PSG would want to be associated. Um, slightly different story, Phil, for Ren, who uh, suffered some late heartbreak. They were... Behind oh. and then in front and yeah, it's just one of those sort of of all people Olivier Giroud to come up with the winning goal in in stoppage time. But they they did themselves proud in this game, didn't they? I think so. But it gets to the point where we say they've done themselves proud when they only lost by one to Sevilla, when they only lost by one to Chelsea. They've got one point. Mm-hmm. It's it's not good. But yes, it was it was pretty much heartbreak. But See, Chelsea went ahead from Hudson-Odoi 
uh, at about the 20 minute mark. In the first half hour, Brendan had no shots, I think. Um, but then they had a, a kind of good reaction. Garassi missed one. I think um, Mendy did very well in the Chelsea goal, obviously messing with his, his old colleagues until five minutes in time, Garassi got the bullet header to equalise things and everything was, oh, thank God. And then Chelsea, I think, he'd had no shots on target in the second half because they were just like, no, fine, this is fine. And then were kind of spurred into action by the equaliser and it was Giroud who got the the winner um, in, in injury time. It was... It was a a punch in the guts, really. I think Ren really went for it. Um, There was a good uh, Gomez save from Werner um, before the the olive goal, but nobody cleared it as it dropped and and he got in there to to get it. So you feel really sorry for Gomez in the Ren goal as well, having stood up to some pressure. So, yeah, not... Not a great points total, but I think looking over the the games as a whole, you'd say Ren have acquitted themselves well. They just unfortunately haven't got many points, so that puts them kind of the opposite uh, stylistic um, kind of dimension from PSG. I did think in the PSG game, of course, it was a Neymar penalty, which was a very good one that won it. Uh, we also, as we do like to see, 83 minutes Ferrati comes on, 84 minutes Ferrati is booked. And, and was I lucky, by the way. Pretty much sums up what happened there. It was pretty painful. And as, as Jess says, I mean, Leipzig are a good team. They weren't good that night. They had 14 shots. They got only three on target. They just couldn't put anything together in the final third and that basically saved PSG. Yeah, played well but didn't didn't get the reward and um, Ren have got this game with Krasnodar coming up this week which is essentially a shootout for the Europa League which you would imagine would be their their goal now to try and get into that competition. They're, they're away from home, that's a tough one. I think that's actually Wednesday that game is going, going on. So yes, uh, big week ahead for PSG of course we mentioned before but um, as Jess said are off to Manchester uh, on Wednesday as well in their must-win game. However, Jez, uh, not really much point in Marseille really turning up for their final game tomorrow, really. Bless them. Um, they have that, that record we discussed last week in terms of Champions League defeats. Was it 13 on the spin? They didn't mm-hmm. score. They gave it a go. I mean, I'll, I'll say that much. But just again, I mean... I'll, it was just this whole Champions League campaign for them has been a waste of time. Would that be a fair way of summing it up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, not yet, because they can still qualify for for um, yeah, true. for the Europa League actually. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, again, I kind of said after the the Leipzig match the other day and got stick for it again. I don't think PSG are a Champions League winning squad. Simple as that. But they are good enough that they should be comfortably getting through their group. Marseille, frankly, are not. They're just not a very good team. Um, and it's not their fault. There's just, there's very little depth. Their best player is, is you know, 
trying to eat his way through through Europe, it seems, rather than play his way through. Um, and they massively overachieved last year. So I, I know that Marseille fans are annoyed that they're sort of not showing enough pride and they're not sort of going down fighting. And yeah, I agree. I think that the last match, they, they gave a much better account of themselves than, than the rest of the, the sort of group stage so far. So there, there is that. But I just... And they should, you know, they should really be tying down Europa League, I think. But it's just they overachieved last year and are sort of suffering as a result because they're not... Well, PSG, I don't think, are a Champions League winning team. I don't think, that, I don't think this Marseille team are a Champions League qualifying quality team, if you know what I mean. So I feel a little bit of sympathy for them. That said, that I know obviously it's over two and a half tournaments or whatever, but 13 defeats in a row, not yet scored. That's that's a pretty poor showing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you that's... could say kind of the same thing about Wren, that they would seem a better fit for the Europa League. But... Yeah, I mean, my only they, issue with... At least giving it a go. <laughs> that's, I think, yeah, they... Yeah, I mean, against Sevilla, they particularly didn't give it a go I don't think but I yeah I think in a way that just I think Marseille are kind of suffering also because they're Marseille um arguably they're they're I know the league league form shows something different but arguably on paper they're a worse team than Ren at the moment and so Ren should be sort of putting up a better show but I think just because Ren aren't don't have the history of Marseille people, and people are giving them to an extent the free ride that they're not giving to Marseille and maybe that's not fair. I think as we discussed, you know, there's no shame in, in losing narrowly to Sevilla, losing narrowly to Chelsea, losing comfortably to Chelsea, but only after the referee has completely fucked you over. Um, but, you know, the way that everyone sort of left a home draw with Krasnodar patting each other on the back, that's not really good enough. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think that's well summed up. Yeah, I think part of the Marseille problem as well. It's it's a bit more off the pitch, as Jess says about the history and you know, the the feeling of the club. If you've got a manager turning up in press conference and saying, "Well, I can't do anything about it," that's not a great look. Mm. Um, so obviously he's furious, but it's not necessarily manifesting itself in the uh, best possible way. It's a tough one, that, isn't it? Because I've been saying the same about a club close to my heart where, you know, we have a manager that that's, that talks really well and, and you kind of admire the honesty. But then at the same time, you also think that we keep hearing the same things. And it's like you kind of... That's when I wonder whether a manager is better off just shutting his mouth and, and saying, look, we weren't good enough, we'll come back again, rather than saying, well, you know, we're terrible and, and that this is what we've got to work with. So I'm, I'm never quite sure what the best way around that one is. But... Yeah, it's not. It's not been a great sort of year thus far for for clubs in terms of um, the French teams in Europe, particularly in the Champions League. We drop down to the Europa League, and it's sort of the tale of of two different sides of the coin. Um, Phil, we saw we saw Lille performing pretty much as they have done all season really against uh, AC Milan in in their home game. Of course, they won it in the San Siro. They um, they, they got a one one draw at home this time. They came from behind. I thought they, they got better. I didn't think they started particularly well and, and des- did deserve to be four behind, but Jonathan Bamber pulled them out of the fire and they got the 1-1 draw. It looks like they're going to qualify. 
been quite impressed with those. They're sort of set up, and we, we discussed them in length. We are going to touch upon their game in, in Liga in a bit. Yeah, I think one thing they've done is they have actually managed to balance the two competitions, mm. um, which is good because they currently top the group. I mean, it's close. They're on eight, Milan on seven, and Prague six, I think. So it's all still a bit up in the air, but they're... You know, still second in the league. Um, Galtier appears to have got a situation where he's managed to get this balance, which particularly this season with uh, pre-season various, you know, issues relating to the situation being complicating things. They're doing a very, very good job across those two fronts. And I think that I've got hallelujah written on my notes after the Champions League games um, because you do feel like Lille are the ones who are showing their best selves um, in Europe for the French teams, I think, uh, season. Yeah, there was just a touch of rustiness in terms of their performance last night. I'd say we'll come on to that in a minute. But I think, yeah, overall, Gautier has, has managed that, that side pretty well. Um, but where we're going to transition ourselves sort of from Europe into Liga, uh, unfortunately, Jez, you've got the, um, the, the smoking poo-covered stick here. Patrick Vieira's niece. Um, I don't really know where we, we begin other than the fact that they are having a wretched time. They, uh, they lost against uh, Dijon at the weekend, which we'll touch on in a second. And their form in Europe just, again, hasn't got any better. I don't think they're just trying to work out the points. And they're mathematically out, but let's be honest. I mean, it's not going to happen, is it? They lost at home to Slavia Prague by three goals to one. I saw extended highlights of this and I felt that, to be honest, they went down deservedly. Lost their, lost their discipline towards the end as well. And then, as I say, we went, then went on to lose by the same score at home to Dijon yesterday. Just in terms of European competition, is this kind of a monkey off the back in a way with them? I mean, they are going to go out, let's be honest. So is, is this the monkey off the back or does it run deeper than that for you? Uh, I think it runs deeper. Um, I mean, it, 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 it may help them by being knocked out of Europe. It might, it might help them sort of focus on the league. So that that could be a sort of um, uh, I can't think of the right phrase, but um, weight lifted almost. Yeah, or kind yeah, of blessing in disguise, I guess. But um, <clears throat> you know, look at if we if we are transitioning into the league, look what happened yesterday. Like Dijon have not won a match yet all season. They'd only scored uh, five goals all season, and they go to Nice and score score three goals. Mm. It's, it's not good enough, and um, more as well. yeah, you know, I, I, I think after the the Prague match, I just put out a tweet saying Vieira isn't up to it, is he? And mm. sort of half people agreed, half people said, "What are you talking about?" I think Arsenal fans rather than Nice fans, um, you know, he's he's got nothing to work with. He had, you know, however many useless ten useless players dumped on him this summer. First of all, a lot of them are not useless. Secondly, he had ten. Like he's got a lot to work with. His first year we said fine, he hasn't really got the best team. It's team in transition, blah, blah, blah. Last year we said, all right, fine, he only got these he's got some good players, but he's only got them quite late and maybe they're not experienced enough yet for Liga. This season, you know, he's brought in good first of all, I'm sure he has a say in the players that come in. He's got a decent working relationship, by all accounts, with um, Fournier. 
he's not, you know, it's not like um, Brexit cheat Radcliffe is um, sort of intruding too much or anything like that. So he's got a relatively free reign compared to some other coaches. Um, and he's just not doing anything with it. There's no style of play. You could say, all right, fine, there's no attacking intent, but at least they're decent defensively. They conceded three yesterday to a team with no confidence who um, have you know, almost matched their season, their full season tally in one match. There's no, for example, one of the things was, well, you know, Claude Maurice, we know he's a talented player, but he didn't, he's new to Liga, he needs time to adapt, blah, blah, blah. There's no player who has improved under Vieira. Some have gone backwards, some have stayed where they are, but you can't look at any player and say, uh, yeah, he's, you know, under Vieira's nurturing, he's got better. Um, and there's just there's no direction you know even if it was all based on like this season's a bit different but you know you could say like you know does Zakarian style um, defensive solidity and not much in attack fine but Nice don't even have that there's there's no identity it's entirely dependent, it seems, on this season so far on maybe Dolberg or Guiri doing something, um, you know, to pull a rabbit out of the hat. I, it, it's not great. And there's no, and there's been no improvement, I, th- I think, over the last couple of years, despite the fact that the squad has improved. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 exactly how I see it. Go on, Phil. Just one thing I noticed earlier today, there was... Uh, one of those random stats conversations you have on Twitter. So you and Dura from Statsbomb was talking about to take a guess at the top five scorers where the parameters are the goal comes from a shot within five seconds of a teammate's saved shot. I know that sounds weird, but we're talking about pouncers. People who are going to follow the ball in. Who, and this conversation was kicked off with a conversation about uh, Cavani. In fact, you know, mm. he 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 will follow stuff up instead of watching the ball and seeing what happens. And uh, what was um, interesting to me was when um, you and Jura put up the, uh, the 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 list. It the top are Suarez, Benzema, Sterling, Simeone, Pierre Lise Melou. <laughs> of all people. Yeah. Amid a, a central midfielder. You can say that Nice don't have good players. Admittedly, Dante's knacked now. But they've... And we've seen in previous periods, and they haven't had that much turnover in the court. Um, they've got some really good players. And it just is getting really kind of depressing watching them because mm. nothing seems to be joining together. I would also mention that Andy Delort is on that list. <clears throat> Naturally. Less said about him, the better this week. Um, it looks like five was years, so Emiliano Sala is also on it. Vieira was asked yesterday if he's, I think, if he's lost the changing room or if you know, there's tension with the players, and he threw a little bit of a hissy fit saying, mm-hmm. no, there is. Which suggests there is when you, as a minute, yeah, the minute you break your call and, and say not, then, then yeah, exactly. And then that's got to be a concern. And like you both said there, watching them yesterday, the, the bit that got me the most was not so much the fact that Dijon scored goals, it was the ease that they scored goals. I mean, yeah. Mama Belders was as a result of a, 
defensive laps by Dalbert. But um, it was Which just the one? ease. Well, yeah, true. That the third was the one I really, really picked up on. But yeah, just the ease that they were cutting through and 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 Nice and like you say, you look Danilo, at some of the Danilo. Uh, Danilo, sorry. Well, I mean, it could have been Dell there, couldn't it? To be fair, but um, yeah, it just it's just the ease that they cut through them. And like you said yourself, that just like a team that hasn't won all season and then goes there. You do see this happen a lot, I guess. A team that's really struggling and then they go and win against a, a team that he's likely to expect it to win against, but. Yeah, I think they've got some big problems there, and I do wonder how long Vera is for that job. Which, as we've said, I do said, wonder if he wasn't such a big name if he'd do it. Yeah, and I also wonder how much, given the fuss that was kicked up about his position, and you know, because he he was talking about walking himself, wasn't he? And, and he was talked into staying, and the whole setup was reversed, and you know, players were. I wonder if they. It would almost make the ball straight away, wouldn't it? It's like they put all the faith in him and they've they've done all this effort to keep him and then six months later, bin him off. But you do wonder how long before questions have to be asked of him. Um, we'll just touch on the... I'm not going to go into too much detail this week about PSG because we do most weeks, but they also drop points. And speaking of uh, tactically inept managers... Uh, yeah, well... Was it Pembele? His, yes. This 18-year-old who debuted at centre-back because apparently Tuchel's making a point mm. and um, ended up with an own goal. Yeah, pretty unfortunate. Um, I think I think it was probably going back, in. But, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he his, his own goal put Bordeaux in front from the corner and Neymar equalised the penalty. Moise Keane uh, put PSG in front literally from kickoff. I mean, seconds later, and you thought, oh, yeah, here we go again before a young man by the name of Yassine Adli, PSG fans might remember him, um, popped up with a terrific equaliser. And, and uh, to be honest, the, the bit that really stood out for me watching this game was, yes, PSG clearly rested some players ahead of, of Europe. And, and yes, they clearly weren't, I wouldn't say fully focused, but you could see there was an eye on, on midweek. But with about 10 minutes to go, when this was clearly 2-2 and, and you know, pretty much Bordeaux were, were happy with that, they had so many chances on the break and, and PSG's defending. I mean, I would have been ashamed of it on a Sunday league pitch. They would just had, had sort of two left back and just plowed everyone forwards to get this winner. But it was almost like they just didn't care at the back. And But for a, a Rico save from a one-on-one, I think it's Jimmy yeah. Brion went through, they Rico would have lost this game. He was left to his own devices a lot yeah. of the time there. He was... It was just no tactics. It was like schoolboy football. It was like, you know, well, it's 2-2, next goal wins, and just everyone charged forward. And Bordeaux, initially, I think they sort of sat back for, with 20 minutes to go and went, well, we'll take this. And then with, with 10 to go, I think, you know, they, they quite rightly went, actually, let's have a go. Ben Arthur, a little run inside the penalty area as well, that, that could have resulted in more. And, yeah, I think Bordeaux I think now... He, he had a foot in both goals, I think. Um, mm. But we we mentioned last week when he had his brilliant kind of solo goal against was it Ren? Um, uh, I can't even think who they played. That, last week. Yeah, uh, I mean Canal Plus. The the TV guys were saying, well, last week he took Ren apart. Now can Hatton Benafa be PSG? It's like, well, this is not brilliant for controlling the ego of someone who does have one. Mm. Um, but it's like are Bordeaux moving from being that. I'm not criticising Ben Arthur for saying they're a one-man team because he has been pulling, pulling a lot of this on his own shoulders over mm. over time. But yeah, just the fact that this has started to become a talking point. Maybe it's because obviously they're playing PSG, 
his old club, but he never really played for PSG, so whatever. But uh, yeah, it did seem uh, that Dawar pulling himself together a bit. I think that's happened the whole of Ben Arthur's career. Maybe it is an issue. I mean, last week was not a brilliant solo goal. Okay, he ghosted past a couple of players, but that was all he did, and everyone's raving like it's goal of the season. The goal he scored for, was it Hull? Mm. Newcastle against yeah. Hull, I can't remember, where he beat one person and then ran down the centre of the pitch and no one bothered Nobody putting challenged. Him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the thing. <laughs> Just because it's Ben Arthur, people cream themselves when, when he bothers to break into a run. Mm. Um, obviously, he's a very good player, but... but um, Technically you know, very good, yeah. Disappointed for a lot of his career, and yeah. everywhere he goes, he starts well. Let's, you know, we need to see whether how long it carries on for. But I don't, I don't think it's fair to say he's a one-man team. I mean, that you know, they I'd say he should them. never have left Nice, but given the state Nice are in at the minute, then possibly, yeah, he it's should never a, have a left. sensible move. He should never have left Lyon. <laughs> no, that's that's probably a fair point. Yeah, and and I thought. Um, Although defensively were, were very good, that's what this performance was was built on. I thought they defended pretty well, and Castile did have to bail them out a couple of times. I think you kind of expect that when you go to to PDP. But yeah, good um, good point. Yeah, I mean Castile, I think made ten saves. Is it that many? Crikey, I remember. I certainly remember three of them. I didn't know it was ten. Wow. Yeah, well, uh, and, that's you know, uh, Adley's goal wasn't a tap in. Oh no, no, it's a really good. It's a clever finish as well. Controlled and on as a sub as well. So yeah. I was surprised he didn't start. I always think they look better with him in, in that midfield position, pulling the strings. But I guess there's the element of youth there and, and the, don't want to sort of throw too many young players in. But yeah, I, I did, did think Bordeaux impressed me enough. Um, I tuned in and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. We um, we saw the weekend's action start with a, another sort of section, well, not, some more dropped points, I should say, for Rem. But slightly better. They uh, drew away to Strasbourg. This is a real teller to how Strasbourg were really good in the first half. Um, went ahead through Thomason, but they also lost uh, Stefan Mitrovic to a, a straight red on, on 40 minutes, and um, and that changed the the feel of the game certainly. And Adrian Nunu got the equaliser for Ren, and uh, I think it's fair to say Strasbourg were, were fairly uh, lucky to hang on in the end. They were under intense pressure in the last 10 minutes in particular, so that ended in a one-all draw. Um, Marseille. Durassi uh, is out for six, I think six to ten weeks for Ren. Is it that? Is it that long? Is it? Yeah, because he, he did take a heavy, a heavy um, circle in that game. So that's going to be a real blow for them. Um, where do the goals come from? I guess who knew? He's not going to be relied upon quite heavily. But uh, yeah, well, that's. Or, or Niang and Stefan need to make up quickly. Yeah, Niang is. Um, I think didn't he make a substitute? I think he came on. Did he come on in this game? I just want to check that. But yeah, he's um, he, he's sort of a bit out of favour. It's funny, isn't it? Because he was linked with everybody over the summer, and um, he's still there. So I'm, sh- I'm sure he came on in this game. Am I am I imagining that? Yes, he did. He was the one who okay, he came on for uh, Niamsi in the 70th minute. So yeah, he will be probably relied upon. But um, good for Strasbourg. As I say, there was flickers of signs that they slowly finding their form again um, but for that red card it would have been interesting to see what happened um, Marseille uh, remembered what it's like to score a goal which was nice uh, they got three of them in fact in, in the home game against not uh, Florian Tovan Dimitri Payet and uh, Dario Benedetto remember him yeah he scored from the spot in this one um, a goal much needed for him Ludovic Blas pulled one back for Nantes, but that wasn't enough for them so league form at least for Marseille um, okay 
we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll go too deep. Uh, let's talk a bit about Leon. On, on, if you don't look at performances and you just look at results, results they look very uh, good. Yeah, form is is very good, and I mean, it's just, they. I think they could go top if they, well, not goal difference, but if they win their games in hand, they're going Joint points. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's frightening because they're. Yeah, but they won't do that, Jess. Well, but they've won their last four, four, I think. Mm. They shouldn't have won all of them. And they're awful. Yeah. I mean, they're a lot lot better. That's not fair. They have been awful. They were a lot better this weekend. Oh, to be fair, they're playing Neem at the weekend, so... It's it's, it's a bit of a, I wouldn't say gimme, but you you would fancy them. That's at home as well, isn't it? So I mean, uh, no, they're away. Oh, they're away. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I still think you would you would At expect the them. To. Um, yeah. One thing also, uh, we did have a catch-up game while the European stuff was going on. So, Lance good point. Yes. had a one-one draw midweek, which is a catch-up from game eight. So we kind of got them in the correct position. Although Lance still have a game in hand, as do Yes, yeah, good, good point. Reminded me of that one. It's uh, slipped off my list. So good, good shout there. Um, let's yeah, let's talk about Lyon. Um, Jez, I'll come to you first. I want you I want both your thoughts on on them in a moment. So, um, what did you make of their performance against uh, Ramses? Because it has to be said, they won three nil. It was a bit of a caveat performance in terms of that again, Rams had a player dismissed and it sort of ended it. Kasama, I've gone back and forth on this one. I, it's not a great challenge. He, he clearly lifts his leg, but I also think it was a, one of those that it's kind of an orange in that you could say he's out of control, but at the same time, I do feel like it's a genuine attempt to get the ball. Um, by this time, they were all they were already behind. It should be said to Toko Kambi's volley, Bruno Gomes and, and Rusa Dembele at long last opening his account for the season, um, which involved the whole team celebrating around him. So I think that was quite a big goal for him, but. Um, I thought they looked, they, were, they looked a bit better in this game. They flowed better based upon the 90 minutes I watched. But I'm still, I'm, I'm holding back a bit because I don't want to go over the top. But do you sort of see that they're, they're turning the table? I think I think I've read a stat that I'm beating in nine now. Uh, they're, they're certainly on good form, certainly league form. Um, well, it's only league form this year, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, to be, to be fair, that, that's probably one of the benefits of theirs as well. Um, same as Monaco, that the other teams are that they're supposed to be challenging with have all got these European matches week in, week out. But um, yeah, certainly, I they've been getting the a bit like Marseille. I think at the start of the run, they were getting results without the performances, but the performances are, are starting to be eked out, I think. And this was probably their, their best performance of the season so far. Um, sort of the, the midfield worked well together, which um, is a pity because Kakare wasn't in it. And in attack, I'm still not convinced about the quality of, of um, all their attackers, but between them, they're sort of muddling through and, and, and scoring goals. And um, they were actually three quite well-worked goals. I think the second one was probably a bit of a sickener for, for, for Rats, who already as you said, down to 10 men and then just took a massive deflection and probably once they're, they're 2-0 down. And I can't remember what what the score was when um, they had a 2-on-1 and 
I think it was Kafaro shot instead of passing to, to Dia or Ture, who was unmarked. And that, that didn't help. That could have changed things. But overall, I thought, yeah, Lyon were, were flowing a lot better than they, they have done a lot of the time. As you said, I think, you know, the fact that Dembele has scored, and it was a nice little finish as well, I think, um, hopefully will we'll sort of raise his confidence a bit. So I, th- I think they've, they've got to be... Ha- I mean, they... When I say they, the fans obviously won't be happy because they never are. But um, the club have got to be happy with the with the recent upturn. The fact that other teams are dropping points has helped them sort of make up the gap that they've given themselves at the start of the season. And famous last words, but they should still be best placed to to if not challenge PSG certainly look to seal up second or at worst third Mm. Um, I mean for me despite the the only getting a draw last night I still think Lille are probably playing the best football in France at the moment but Mm. um, you know Lyon certainly looked to be getting close to to top form yesterday uh, this weekend yeah yeah agreed what's been your thoughts Phil in terms of Lyon do you sort of get that feeling as well yeah I think it's it's not perfect but nobody is and that includes PSG, and so that's good, in a sense, because now we've got four teams on 23 points, which are Lille and Lyon, and then Monaco and Montpellier, and then Marseille, but there's two games in hand, just two points behind them. So we don't have the big gap that PSG have usually established at this point in the season. We've got a very competitive kind of top six, and... Everything's still close enough that the bundle below them in the top half could still, you know, do something. So I think it's, um, you know, it bodes well for things actually mattering, uh, which is always nice. I did think, I felt very sorry for Rouse because, you know, when Kazama was sent off when they were 1-0 down, that was after, I think... um, Leon had hit the post a couple of times because I logged on to Twitter to see the meme uh, Carl Poto Akambe uh, <laughs> was uh, flying around. So I think he hit the post a couple of times before scoring and then they went down to 10 and you just kind of thought this is going to just kind of crumble away from them. But yeah, the Grimage goal was good. Dembele getting his first of the season. I think slightly pointed um, celebrations possibly with the... Um, with the uh, kind of clock watching. Yeah, I wondered about thing. that. I wondered if Whether it was he's just talking a... about, I can do this in a small amount of time, or as Tarek pointed out, he's reminding a certain someone that his contract is up in the summer. I, um, I didn't go that I deep. I thought he was saying it's about bloody time. About I time I scored yeah. a goal. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but the he can read a lot all kinds of all, all kinds of that, but. I think it does, um, it was kind of heartening to see. And yeah, having having a top six who are close in points terms, only four points apart, is nice, yeah. unusual, refreshing, you yeah. know, all of those words. It's a weird one, isn't it? There's, there's, there's just so many teams, not just in Liga, but across Europe, where they're getting results and you look at and then you actually tune in and watch them and you go, how? Like, there's just so many teams that are, that are doing that, and 
Leon do strike me as uh, I kind of I want to see Leon in, in another big game, but I'm going to reserve judgment until I see that. But I guess oh, they're uh, playing Mets on uh, on Sunday. Well, there's no bigger game than that, as Jess will tell yeah. you. Um, speaking of Mets, should we just gloss over it now, Jess? I suppose we, we probably could do, couldn't we? Um, not not a great weekend for you. I mean, at least Brighton didn't lose. I mean that that's a bonus. But yeah, yeah, no, it was a good. I mean, it was a good match. Both teams plays well. Brest deserved to win, but Mets, unlike. PSG, when Mets have a hell of a lot of injuries, they don't have other internationals to replace them. So. Yeah, very true, yeah. yeah I Cardona felt and kind of sorry, goal. was it um, Cardona's second goal where the defender had managed to block it and then tried to block it again and it kind of went yeah. I was very pleased John that Boy, wasn't yeah. given as an own goal because he did very good work there and didn't deserve Depending it. on where you read, some like say it is still an own goal and some don't, but... Um, yeah, we're, we're, I, I, I'm with you. John Boyd did, did everything he could to, uh, to 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 prevent it, but unfortunately, it did end up in the net. And as you say, whether that's an own goal or, or a double for Cardona, the, the points went to Brest. Um, points also went to Angers in terms of a three-one win over Lens. Uh, they went one up. A couple of great goals in that match. Yeah, Matthias, uh, pronounced Large or Lars? I, I never get that Lage. back heel. Yes. Hoken and Capel with the other two, and, and um, Muninga with the goal for Lons. But yeah, a couple of, of crackers in the, in that particular game. Um, good result for Angers. They're kind of slowly but surely creeping up this table. Just noticing again. I mean, well, they they're, again, they're in the top half the cluster. Yeah, eight. eight I call it a clump. Points. Yeah, because it sounds funnier. But yeah, I mean they. They're a completely different beast from the team that came up, mm. which was defensive rigor and solidity. And now it's all a bit more freeform. Yeah, it's nice. The thing I love about uh, about Onger is they're just one of those teams that every time you think Mulan's going to come under pressure, he just sort of quietly goes about his business, and then before you know it, they're in the top well, ten, which is what's happening. Quietly, again. if you're listening to them with no fans in the stadium. No, true, it's a true. Mouthy man. True and. Him no. and mouth. And I don't think he's asked for any autograph shirts recently either, which is probably <laughs> a, probably a bonus. But uh, yeah, good good win for Angers. Um, I think Montpellier won a game this weekend, but we'll gloss over that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, one 0 win over Lorient. Um, um, really, featuring really uh, Teji Savanier putting a penalty. I I saw um, one of the Montpellier fan accounts saying he sent it to Mars. I just like to point out that Mars is actually. Um, an area in the savannah, so it's not as far as you think, but it's still not good. No, um, it was very, um, very, <laughs> very flamboyant. I think it's fair to say. Um, oh, I, Jesus. I, I thought the game would turn on that as well when when the penalty was missed. Mm. I thought this is the chance. But if no. you're if you're bringing Hilton on as a last minute um, desperation sub, then mm. <laughs> then it has been a tough match. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean. But seriously, the the amount of shots Montpellier had against Lorient, but they were not efficient. And no. That was a game I think we all move on from. Yeah. And look forward. If it's any consolation to Chris, um, I think all the, all the Lorient shirts are 20% off on Kappa's French website. 
Well, I mean, that's a bonus. I mean, I, I can barely afford to put food on the table at the moment, but, you know, <laughs> the thought is there. Also, more yeah. failing you're playing PSG at the weekend, which I'm sure will be. Yeah, I, I, I'm just in terms of, of like, I, I do agree, I agree with, with what you said there, Phil. I think it, probably Montpellier got the deserved win. And of course, Lorient will play face Angers next up, you know, one of the, the informed teams. So that'll be fun. But um, yeah, I, I, I just. Again, it was a full change from Policia in terms of the lineup, different players coming in, and it just doesn't work. It just didn't work again. It's just a lack of a lack of attacking intent or a lack of sort of um, I don't know what the, what the word is, but it just isn't enough. Gerbic came back in, but the supply was poor. What Evamel has to do to get into the side, I just don't know. He came on as a sub, but the game was was petering away at that point. So um, yeah, I'm just I'm just not. I'm not sure where we're going at the moment in terms of the future, but uh, I guess we will see. One thing that did did pique my interest in this game, um, which has nothing to do with the game at all, but it made me chuckle, is that if you are watch if you're um, uh, getting your facts and stats from the website Soccerway, it translates the leagues into the actual English translation. If you're in England, and Enzo Lefay, who played in midfield in this game is translated as Enzo the Fairy, which I love. So um, let's just decide that. It was the only thing that made me smile in an otherwise grim day, but the Fairy very much back in the team. Uh, Monaco impressed again. I watched them in full against Nîmes on Sunday. It wasn't quite as free-flowing, this uh, 3-0 three, three scoreline would suggest otherwise. And in the end, it probably could have been 7 or 8 in truth. But that was only after Luca Doe was sent off in another one where I looked at the, the replays. Did, did either of you see this? It was one of those, again, orange cards. Kind of, he catches his man high, uh, but it was one of those where, again, I just don't know. I don't know about these challenges. They always look so much worse in, in, uh, in slow-mo. Did, did either of you see this challenge? I didn't. I didn't know they'd gone down to 10. So. Yeah. Did you, did you catch it, Jess? No. I missed, like, five, ten minutes of this match and missed a red card and two goals. Have a, have a look at it if you get a chance. But um, for those of our listeners that didn't see, it's basically one of those challenges where the, the trailing leg is high and the studs go into the, the calf area and there's a big scream and everybody goes apeshit. And it was one of those where, it's to say, the ball is taken and it it went to VAR. Originally, it was a yellow card and then it, it went to VAR. And yeah, if you slow it down, it looks horrendous. Um, it, it wasn't dissimilar to Husamawa's. Um, a few weeks ago, if you remember that one. Very similar kind of challenge, but I guess the argument could be out of control. But once that happened, uh, Neem didn't look like scoring, I have to say, but they were in the game at 1-0 with the op uh, open the scoring. But once that red card came in, it was uh, all hands to the pump. Jocelyn Martins and Kevin Volland got the second and third goals. I've seen saying in Le Keep, oh yeah, we're the underdogs, we're the little guys. And it's like, I think they like that idea. Seriously? Yeah, the, 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 more they're, the more they're performing, I think the less chance that they're going under any radars anymore. They're up into fifth. That's four straight wins in the league. Um, they they uh, do still have a degree of money. Mm, I mean, yeah. I divorce hit hard, but, you know, they're, they're nowhere near the budgets of um, some of the genuinely... Um, restrained teams in the league. I think. Yeah. A- and and they've also got a coach in, in Kovac who we were talking about Vieira being a bit out of his out of his depth. I think Kovac was probably out of his depth at Bayern Munich, but I think he's found a project in Monaco that, yeah. that might actually suit him. Um, yeah, well, I, 
said um, last weekend he was kind of saying, oh yeah, we'll probably put two or three people on uh, on on Mbappe. You know, I think he might be quite enjoying taking the piss. Yeah, um, and he and he seems very relaxed on the touchline. He, he's a classic uh, um, chinos and jumper type of manager. But yeah, he, he seems to be getting a tune out of that that side, and it's just nice to see. A young, vibrant Monaco again. That's what I would say. Obviously, Volland is yeah. what bucks the trend, as does Fabregas. But the rest of them are uh, are still going. And Ben Yedder was on the bench for this game as well, which I thought was an interesting move. He came on and did play very well, but he was he was on the bench. So it's nice to see that that the young stars are getting a chance. That the is it the right fullback Enrique? He, he I think he's a hell of head of a signing. Um, as indeed is the the lad on the other side whose name escapes me. Uh, checks. Um, uh, Ruben Aguilar, of course, former Montpellier legend, naturally. But yeah, I think they've got two two very good fullbacks um, in terms of how they they uh, assess the game, and and Fofana as well was another one that, that stood out in that game. So good on Monaco. We've covered Nice Dijon, and that just leaves us with the uh, the final game of the weekend. Um, hands up, who thought this was a penalty? Etienne so <laughs> got uh, Wabi Kasri tucked it away and earned it. And when I say earned it. Uh, Phil, by your chuckle, I'm guessing you disagree. <laughs> well, I just we've been we've been talking for weeks about will Saint-Étienne pull themselves together at some point, and I have to admit, I did not expect this weekend to be the time they appeared to be pulling themselves together. Mm. Um, but then everything, you know, the world uh, was put back on its axis by Ikerne's, uh equaliser later on. Um, I wasn't actually watching this, I'll admit, because I thought it might be awkward. So I was watching documentaries. Um, That's very honest. Yeah, so I have, I have no idea, but it did seem to me a slightly unexpected opening goal, just in, in you know, trend terms. Well, for those who haven't seen it, Jez, I'm assuming you saw this incident. I'm hoping you did. If not, I'm going to have to describe another penalty. But um, it was... Uh, I think the word I'm going to go with is questionable, but the fact it went to VAR makes me question even more things. Did you did you see this incident? Yeah, it was never a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> How do we I describe mean, it? A, a collision of bodies? I mean, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, is it is it Botman that who's no? It's Jose Font, wasn't it? Who is who was going? <laughs> Is it Braderich? I can't it, remember. Actually, I think you're right. Yeah, because Jose Font wasn't wasn't in whoever the it was. He's in front of Kasri. He sort of slips over, and as he's falling, catches Kazri behind him. Kazri goes down. I think it was Kazri. And, yeah, so the referee gave a penalty, but yeah, there's absolutely no intent. It was, it was Braderich who, who took him out, um, yeah, because he was actually booked in the incident as well. Um, Joseph Font did play this game, actually. I'm losing track of who's playing what. But, uh, yeah, it's Braderich who went down. And, and as you, exactly as you describe it, it's just... Kazri sort of making the run. It's a good run, but it's almost like as Braderich gets the ball back towards Magnon, he just trips, and then as he's in mid-flight, Kazri... The one thing I would say is um, your good friend and mine, Jez Jonathan... Uh, I was going to say Jonathan Ross, then. Um, Jonathan... Um, oh, God, I've forgotten his Bamba, name. Bamba, Ikone, David? <laughs> no, the, the commentator. Oh, yeah, uh, Jonathan Pierce, thank you. Um, Jonathan Ross, that really would have been Jonathan Ross commentating on Liga, sign me up. But uh, yeah, well, Jonathan Pierce. My good Pierce... friend Adam Virgo told me he was commentating with Jonathan Pierce. And I said, oh, oh, did no you? offense, but I'm going to mute you. 
That's fair enough. Um, there, there was a essentially he he sort of suggested uh, Jonathan Pearson suggested that that Kasri had been clever and, and and kind of leaned into the challenge and, and bought the penalty. I didn't actually think he did. I I do think he got brought down, but I just don't think there was. And it comes back to this whole handball thing: intent is there intent? Is there not intent? There was clearly no intent. One person that clearly thought this was a bit of a joke was Jonathan Bamba, who, if you've seen his Instagram in the last 24 hours, you'll know that he was not a particular fan of either the referee nor the decision. Um, I'll let you guys check that out in your own time. But um, one rather amusing picture of the referee with a world on his head um, did, did make me chuckle. I'm not sure what he was implying by that, but still. Uh, they did get a did get a result of sorts, though, Leo. They got back into the game, Jonathan Ikone assisted by Barak Yulmaz, who had a lovely evening being kicked literally up in the air by every single Sinatian player possible, um, which for a guy of his size is quite a feat. But uh, Lille, I think, will probably, I think overall will come away from this one thinking they, they probably should have gone on and won it once they equalised. Um, they're four in the league. This is what slightly surised. It's, it's a bit patchy. I said, I said earlier they've hit, they've got a good balance that doesn't mean they're doing brilliantly in both. I mean, they've got one win in the past five. Yeah. But they've been drawing quite a lot. Three so and five, I think yeah. it's, you know, they've, they were clear second and now they've been dragged back into that group of four. Yeah. They, they rested points. a few. Sorry. They rested a few in this game as well. Lehigh uh, Lee, Lee, um, Lee came in into the wing and I thought they missed Bamba. And they're playing Monaco at the um, Sunday lunch. Yeah, I was surprised that wasn't so the, the big game, but yeah. I think, yeah. well, I the reason they've got a Sunday lunch slot is for overseas. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. a degree of sense. There was, um, yeah, no place for, for Sumaru, uh, Yazichi, uh, Reynaldo and Bamba were all on the bench. I thought Reynaldo would have come in because they played Thiago Jal uh, at right back and I thought he got, he got rinsed several times by Buanga. Um, Trauco also had a decent game in Sanetti midfield and, and he had a, a close thing with a, a long-range shot. Um, Matthew Dabucci slightly fortunate to stay on the pitch as well. After I, th a few I think this, this may be that obviously Galtier is looking to Thursday and... Yeah. They and, want, and rightly so. You know. They've got to be predicting that Milan will beat Celtic. Yeah. So I, th they, I think you and I could beat Celtic at the moment. They need to beat yeah, so yes. that's possibly where that came from. Celtic are a, a bit of a, a shambles at the moment. So yeah, I, I, I can certainly see the logic. Much like the PSG game, I can see the logic behind resting players. It's just the uh, the, the performance against Sanetian, who, in fairness, first half in particular were were much better. So signs of life uh, for the club for Wales men, but Green nevertheless, draw. for never. Very good. Very good. Very good. Like that. Um, so that was the week. That was. We've got a couple of other things we just want to touch on in a minute just before we do that. I'll give you the fixtures for the weekend upcoming. We've got uh, Nîmes Marseille is on the 4th, which is the Friday evening game. Uh, Rennes-Lens is the 4 o'clock game on Saturday. Montpellier PSG, good one for Phil. That's 8 o'clock on Saturday night. Um, as we mentioned just a second ago there, Lille hosts Monaco on uh, midday game on Sunday. I really hope the timing doesn't impact the quality of that game, so that should be a good one. Angers, Lorient, Bordeaux, Brest, Dijon, Saint-Étienne and Nantes-Strasbourg are the four, uh, two o'clock games on the Sunday, followed by the four o'clock game, which is Rams against Nice, which is very much must-win 
uh, well, really for both sides, you'd, su you'd suggest. And uh, who'd have thought this jazz? Mets are on telly on uh, on Saturday, on Sunday night, uh, 8 p.m. as they host Lyon. Um, so at least you'd be I able to... associate Mets having the, the big match on TV with the time they lost 7-0 to Monaco. So. Oh, crikey. Well, you, you brought that okay. up, not me. So um, hopefully better times lay ahead. But uh, yeah, your mate Adam Vergen might be on. Did I we have injuries? Did you? No, no, no. <laughs> you don't. You don't talk about these things enough. But uh, no, it'd be, it'd be an interesting game. I mean, it's you know the classic, not an easy place to go. So um, again, we'll get a good first-hand view of of Project Leon and see where they are. So uh, that's the Sunday game to look forward to. Um, Phil, in terms of the ladies' games news, yes, uh, France have qualified for the Euros next year, possibly next year. Ish, maybe. Maybe ish. Um, they were playing Austria. It was described on the keep as a match severe, and I think it was. It was. We have to get this done. We have to do this because Austria are the best other team in that group. They won three one. Um, opening goal from Wendy Renard, which I missed, but I'm just going to guess Karen Header from the set piece. Uh, and then a double for Marion Trenet Katoto um, to see that out. Um, Austria are a good team. They defend very well. Uh, the problem is they do it in numbers when they're facing a good team. And so they didn't really have much attack and they needed to deal with. But the uh, But they could still make it. Um, through as second place and in fact they should uh, I think the, the quality they've got is impressive they just aren't quite at that elite level yet. The important thing for France is that Amaldine Henry was back starting and was captain so hopefully some of the off-field on-field snittiness problems that have we've been talking about the past couple of years couple of weeks have sort of worked themselves out when she was taken off there was a fairly perfunctory kind of hand bump with diacra but i don't think diacra's ever been a hugger so things look like they might be calming down a bit I don't but think they are at all. It, yeah, Jez disagrees yeah, with Jez me on this, and it's still not looking brilliant. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there, I think. Where does your scepticism come from, Jez? What, what's your thoughts around that? Well, apparently they had a sort of team clear the air meeting the other day in which there were a lot of grievances aired, including, for example, uh, Diak saying to Ori, uh, if you ever had an issue, why didn't you ever tried to arrange a meeting with me, to which Henri said, I did several times and you ignored me, to which Diak said, well, you should have tried harder. Um, I think at one point Henri was um, uh, on an exercise bike or something and, and apparently Diak said something like, uh, sort of, everyone pays in time, <laughs> which, as she rightly said, a lot of that depends on tone. But I don't think there's any doubt what tone Ori took it in because her response was apparently, "Are you threatening me?" Um, yeah, and just all is well there, does it? No, and according to Lekip, it in terms of grievances and, and things, it very much wasn't just the Lyon players. So 
arguably that weakens um, Jack's position a bit. But the fact is she's got Leclerc behind her. so And I'm sure they're not going to try to rob the boat too much before the Euros. So she's probably all right till then. But as we discussed last week, this sort of misnomer that oh, the, the results speak for themselves doesn't really mean that much when you look at the sort of recent and medium-term past of, of France. They've always got results up to a point. Um, that point normally being the quarterfinal. Yeah. And to get further, you'd have thought that you need a bit more of a sort of united squad. Mm. Yeah, it's... Um, so it's we've still got Saru Hadi um, refusing to play for France while being on the FIFA best goalkeeper of the year list. That's which always again, a good one. doesn't look good. No. So... More to come would be probably a good way I think of possibly. Well, I mean, they're playing Kazakhstan on Monday or on Tuesday or Wednesday. Kazakhstan have no points. So I would imagine this will be the France under-19 team scoring. I think, possibly don't think any Lyon PSG players are going to be playing. Yeah. Mm, interesting. One to, one to keep an eye on then, just sort of as it simmers away gently under the surface. Um, and another story that, that we're going to keep an eye on because there's no confirmation, I believe, at the time, but the Coupe de France possibly being, being binned for the season. Oh, yeah, this is... I mean, the thing is, they. I think we got up to the fifth round. If you've been watching John Mainland's pieces on the website, you will know that he's been uh, traipsing around various members of, of various areas of northern France to keep an eye on that. But they have to... Um, shut that down when lockdown 2.0 started and we've now missed several records normally you get into the post christmas rounds is like round nine or something which is when the league on teams turn up they may be too far behind at this point to be able to catch up and so the rumor is that they're considering binning the whole thing this year and i think that would be obviously very very sad for the world's largest cup competition to be um kind of called off for the first time since the war uh but if there's no way to do it bear in mind a lot of the teams currently trying to get through rounds will be amateur teams where people have actual jobs and therefore can't necessarily play two games in a week because uh you know they have other things to do so that's something we're waiting on confirmation of. Um, yeah. But would be a terrible shame, but also understandable under the circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Just um actually just just to finish the pod this week, just wanna get a brief a brief line from you both. Uh, how long do you sort of foresee? I mean, we're recording this on the last day of November, so we've got one more day and we'll December starts tomorrow. The um suggestion is that the winter break will go ahead as as normal. Do you sort of basically see the entirety of the rest of the the domestic calendar in France being the way it is now, or do you, do you feel that we will get back to some sort of uh, I think crowd crowd involvement again? No, they're supposed to be opening up again to mm. allow crowds in. I think any time scale, yeah, still with the limited amount of people, but we're we're running very much on an as things happen. Yeah. Situation. So um, mid December, we should have another announcement. Yeah. 
yeah, uh, which will confirm some stuff. I mean, the, the shops were allowed, the non-essential shops were allowed to open at the weekend. And I was walking through town back from a medical appointment on, on Friday and they were all, everybody in the shops was, you know, frantically putting stuff up and getting ready to reopen because they've had a, a really tricky time. Yeah. Um, and so as Christmas comes up, you know, there should be uh, open doors, but it's going to be very much reactive on are the uh, targets being met yeah. for, uh, for the situation, which I have to say is it's not something you can plan for, but it makes the most sense. Yeah. Really. So, you know, I think we just have to go with it and, and hope that things work out. Yeah, as, as planned, I suppose. Yeah. How have you found it, Jez? Have you? Because I, I just, just what kind of made me think of this question was just watching the game last night, where you think you know Saint Etienne on the TV, big game the weekend. That that ground, Jeffrey Gisha probably would have been quite raucous in terms of this particular fixture. And it, I don't know why last night because we've been seeing this for for weeks, but it just felt like it wasn't quite as big a game because it didn't have that atmosphere. Is it? Do you sort of have you have you felt that? watching games recently or, or at all during this period um yeah f- f- totally i mean since the since this started in in march or whatever and i mean i you know if if, there, if money wasn't an object I, I don't think football should have been carrying on at all mm. but obviously it's not just a sport it's a business and it's people's livelihoods and so and yeah, I'm I'm not even sure we should ever have gone back to to playing football, um, but you know at least it's some kind of distraction. You know we've got the the, the issue here, which I'm sure um, some clubs and probably some German managers who are apparently really good blokes um, <laughs> will probably cause make a fuss about the fact that you know clubs in in tier one areas will be allowed to have some fans back whereas those in tier three won't be and mm. i'm not sure, i actually agree i'm not sure that's fair yeah um i'm not sure uh, crowds of two thousand people or even five thousand people depending on the stadium um particularly add much atmosphere anyway in a way it almost mm. makes it look worse than with no one there that's my um, thought yeah i'm glad you said that yeah yeah, that, that's that's exactly the kind of what led me to thinking that question because the UK, just referring to that, the UK are going to be letting in a select amount of fans. I feel like the only place it's going to make a dent is the lower league clubs, which I totally get because there's a financial element to it. Yeah. Um, and I guess you don't see that as much in Liga because there's, there's less money than a league like the Premier League. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I almost feel like, and I know it's a bit of a negative point of view, I kind of almost feel like unless you are letting in ten to fifteen thousand, kind of what's the point? I've seen I've, I watch I watch a lot of MLS games, um, and they're in the playoffs at the moment, and you've got a, a smattering of fans in those grounds, and it it just doesn't work, right? It just it it just sounds strange, and I'd almost sort of feel like it's better to have not all or nothing, but a large amount or nothing. So yeah, I'm kind of glad you made that point, but um, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. We'll see what the uh, I say the winter brings. We're in winter, but the harsh elements of winter. I guess we'll see what happens there. Um, anywho, just before we go, quick look at the table. Um, PSG are still top two points clear, though. Only two points now, having not won in the last two games. Uh, Leon have closed the gap. 
uh, as have Montpellier and despite Lille's draw, they all remain on 23 points, as do Monaco down to fifth place. Uh, Marseille, as we mentioned earlier on, they do have two games in hand, so they have 21 points at the moment. That could become 27 and they could go top if they were to win their games in hand. Stay tuned for that one. Uh, Rennes, Angers, Lens and Brest make up the top 10 with Nice continuing to fall. They're down to 11th. Uh, Metz in 12th. Bordeaux, Nantes, Saint-Étienne writing the ship somewhat this weekend up to 15th with Nîmes and Reims, the two clubs hovering just above the relegation zone, which now has got closer still with that win for Dijon, who've now got their first win of the season. They do still sit bottom on seven points, but uh, their joint bottom with Strasbourg, who got that point at home, and Lorient, who continue their uh, poor form recently, three straight defeats, and they sit in the relegation playoff spot. So that's where we are this week. Um, we will, of course, be back next week. We will be, once again, probably similar to this week, we'll be looking back at the uh, European action um, and seeing whether certain teams are going into the Europa League or not. As I say, it doesn't look great for Nice. Uh, Marseille um, will be looking to cement the Europa League place. PSG uh, certainly need to get something in Manchester, a win ideally, but certainly need to take something from that game. We'll um, lose that and we might be talking about... We, yeah, we may be talking about that. Coach, yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah, I think Tuchel is um, skating on some thin ice right now. So that's certainly the game of the week in terms of the European action that I'll be tuning into and uh, see where that one goes. So we'll be discussing that one next week. But until then, that just reminds me to thank both Phil and Jez for your time this evening. Thank you both. Thank, thank you. you. And uh, yes, until then, enjoy your French football uh, at home and in Europe. Until then, stay safe and we'll speak to you very soon.